Well, church family, we were singing that song, The Same God, and I was over there praying, thinking about how God in my life today is a 65-year-old man. He's the same God. He was when I was a teenager, called me to preach. And I remember those days and how fresh and how exciting it was in my prayer is that it still be that way today as it was all those years ago. And this morning I want to talk with you about God's call, calling the called. And there are some teenagers in the room, some elementary students, college students, young adults. God is calling you to vocational ministry. We're going to talk about that. I mean, all of us know God loves everybody. Jesus died for everyone and issues a universal call for all people to salvation, all people to come to him in faith and be saved and be forgiven. And once you answer that call, you accept the call to salvation and become a disciple, become a follower of Jesus. He calls you to live for him, to love him, to serve him, to serve his kingdom, to serve in his church, to make his name known, to share the gospel, to be someone that he uses in this world for his glory and for for the salvation of those who are lost, as well as the growth of those who become believers. But within that... God reaches down and chooses some. And he says, I want you to spend your life in what we today quote unquote call vocational ministry. You're going to be a preacher, missionary, worship pastor, a discipleship pastor, student pastor. It can take a lot of different shapes. And we want to help those of you that God is doing. He's doing that work in you. We want to help you with that. And we want you to let us know that you're sensing some call of God, even if you don't fully understand it. Because we want to walk with you in the months and years to come so that clarity can come to your life. So this morning, I invite you to open your Bible to the Old Testament. Recently in our Bible reading plan, we've read the book of Amos and a few chapters in Isaiah So I'm going to teach from both of those. Open your Bible to Amos chapter 1 and Isaiah chapter 6. We'll start in Amos. Because these are are, uh, two men God called to be prophets. Now their experiences were their experiences. You heard Cole speaking a moment ago. and He was in the ninth grade when God reached down and started calling him into ministry. That's his experience. Mine was different. Steve Polk's was different. Amos and Isaiah's were different. But the, 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 what's the same is the call of God to vocational ministry. So I want us to read starting in Amos chapter 1 at verse 1. Because these two prophets were very different. Amos 1.1, 1, 1, the words of Amos, who was among the sheep herders of Tekoa, he was a shepherd, Excuse me. Which he envisioned in visions concerning Israel, the northern kingdom, in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, son of Joash, that's Jeroboam the second, king of Israel, the northern kingdom. Now turn over to chapter 7 of Amos. He's being confronted by a priest of the false religion in the northern kingdom of Israel and told, Go back to where you're from down there in the southern kingdom and leave all of us up here in the north alone. Go back. Stop preaching to us. 
And Amos' response in chapter 7 at verse 14, then Amos replied to Amaziah, that priest of the false religion, I am not a prophet, nor am I the son of a prophet. Meaning he was not a professional prophet. He wasn't somebody raised up from his teenage years to be a prophet. Hadn't gone to school to be a prophet. For I am a herdsman. Remember, he was a shepherd. And a grower of sycamore figs. He's a farmer. Verse 15, But the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. And then the next thing he says to this prophet of the this priest of the false religion the people he says now hear the word of the lord he shared with them what god said now that's amos called a ministry in isaiah chapter 6 we read about isaiah's call to ministry very different experience isaiah 6 starting at verse 1 in the year of king uzziah's death so amos and you and isaiah were prophets in the same time frame basically so Uzziah the king in the southern country dies and Amos or, or Isaiah rather says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, whole, lofty and exalted with the train of his robe filling the temple. So he's in the temple where only a priest can go praying and he has this vision of God and the angels cry out, holy Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And the whole earth is full of his glory. And Isaiah has this life-changing encounter with God in the temple. You drop down to verse 8. He hears God talking. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Us. God and the heavenly host, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah answered in verse 8, Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. And the first thing I want you to understand is just as God then, 700 years before Jesus, called Isaiah and Amos as prophets, God is still calling people today to serve him in what we now call vocational ministry in all these different roles. This past week I was at the beach and Wednesday I had lunch with Will Crute who grew up in our church. His parents are still members here. Will's in his mid-30s. He's a pastor. He's on staff as the children and family pastor of a church in the North Myrtle Beach area. And so whenever I'm down there, I meet with Will just to pour into him a little bit. And um, Will, when he was in fifth grade, sensed a call from God to ministry, but he resisted it. Ran from it. Goes off to college. And he's thinking to himself about all these different career paths he can take in which he can serve God without having to be a minister. And he's, and he's just unhappy. In fact, I remember meeting with Will once in college. He was so miserable, he was about to flunk out. He was struggling, and, and he was so dissatisfied because he was running from God. That's what it'll do to you. That he changed his major about three times, and finally he got to the point he just had to settle on one and graduate. He's working at Chick-fil-A. And he's thinking, I can be a Chick-fil-A franchisee. 
And that's how I serve God. And so part of his training, he's at a Chick-fil-A that's opening a new restaurant in another part of our state. And he's in the kitchen and he's miserable. And in the kitchen of a yet-to-open Chick-fil-A, he just comes to the end of his fighting God and he, and he says yes to God's call to ministry. Goes to seminary, graduates. He's now serving on staff at his third church. That's his story. And he's doing a good job and he's growing and God is using him. And uh, we're really, really proud of him. And I share that with you simply to say God's still calling people to serve him in vocational ministry. And there are teenagers in this room right now. God's calling you. College students. God is calling you. Elementary students. Preteen students. God is calling you. There are young adults. There are people in their 30s and 40s, maybe older, already established in your career. And God is calling you. My prayer is that you will hear the call of God and obey it. Because you're needed. You're needed. If God is calling, there's a reason and you are needed. Let me share with you what's going on in the church world today in America. 25 years ago, the median age of a pastor in Protestant churches was 44. Today, it's 54 or 55. You see the problem? 25 years ago, 33%, one-third, one out of three Protestant pastors was age 40 or younger. Today, 15%, one and a half out of 10. And it's because, yes, there are distractions and many haven't listened to and obeyed the call of God, but it's also because churches for the last 20, 30 years have not done what they're supposed to do in calling out the call because we bought into the lie with good intentions, with good intentions, but a lie nonetheless, that if we just got our kids to church, that's all it took. If we could just have a good enough youth program, a good enough singles program, if we could just entertain them, if it could be fun, if we could get them to church, that's all that we, because that would take care of it. No, no, no. It's a big difference in having fun at church and being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Big difference between going to church and following Jesus Big difference between living for the Lord and hearing the call of God than simply praying when I'm seven and inviting Jesus into my heart and then just having fun. Oh, no. And if you want to know why we've changed some of the things we've changed in our church in recent years, that's the reason. Because, yes, we want to have fun, but we are called, like it says over on that wall, to make disciples because disciples follow Jesus. And so I don't blame the younger people of the last 20 years. I blame the churches. Because collectively, we've not done our job. Opportunities are real. And the need is great. And so God's still calling people. And the next thing I want you to see, and Amos and Isaiah really illustrate this, and it's why I'm using these passages today, 
is God calls a variety of people a variety of ways to do a variety of ministries. I want you to think about how different Isaiah and Amos were. Isaiah was a city boy. Grew up and lived in the city of Jerusalem, the capital of the southern kingdom. As best we can tell from his writings, he was probably related to the royal family. He was a priest because he was in the temple when he received his call from God and only priests could go inside the temple building. He married a prophetess. They had two sons together. And when you read Isaiah's book in Hebrew, it's well-educated grammar. He was a smart, educated dude. He was a somebody. And had a ministry that lasted five decades. Think about that. Now, Amos, he was a country boy. Grew up in the little village of Tekoa in the northern part of the southern kingdom, just south of the border of the northern kingdom. He was a country boy. He was a farmer. He was a shepherd. And when you read Amos' book in Hebrew, not well educated. Didn't have that kind of grammar. And used a lot of farming analogy, down-to-earth examples, because why? That was his world. See, God uses different kinds of people, calls different kinds of people. And Isaiah was serving God kind of like Ezekiel from a young age, but Amos was already established in his career. He was farming. He was shepherding. He was working. When God changed the trajectory of his life, I want to illustrate that for you uh, a little more modern-like. I'm going to ask Stephen Brandon Polk to join me up here, and I want you to hear some of their story. Um, because now they're educated, unlike Amos, but in some ways their stories like Amos, especially Steve's story, because Steve, you're like me. We both grew up pagan. That's right. So tell them a little bit about your background. Well, a lot of you know, some of you don't. I was born in Northern California, uh, and at a very young age, around five, my parents were divorced. Ultimately, my mom remarried, and we moved to Washington State. So I grew up on the West Coast uh, all the way up through college. Um, we never attended church. Very rarely would we uh, even attend a funeral, really. And had no spiritual background in our family whatsoever. Until I got to college, um, met some, some guys who began to introduce me to things of Christ, and then and we met... Um, but I was saved at the end of my freshman year. That's when I accepted Christ, and then we began to date yeah, you, soon you, thereafter. You, met some, you had some, met some friends your freshman year that yeah. were an influence on you, right? That's right. And they took you to some Bible studies or something, I think. And So you gave your, you, you accepted Christ, started going to church. Right. You all knew each other, but were not dating at that point, right? That's right. All right. Now, Brenda, you grew up radically different than him. Radically different. Yeah. Yes. So you grew up that she grew up as a PK. Listen. <laughs> Preachers, we hate the phrase PK. We do. <laughs> don't ever say it in our ears. Don't don't ever you don't you PK anathema. Don't say that. 
All right, another little sermon. Sorry about that. All right, go ahead. Tell me about your upbringing. <laughs> yes, I was raised in a pastor's family. I like to say that I was actually conceived Southern Baptist. So I was <laughs> Southern Baptist before I accepted Jesus. And um, was saved, knew, knew Jesus, loved Jesus, was raised um, going to church. And my dad was preaching revivals. And, and you, I grew was, lower, you grew up yeah, in LA. Yeah, I was born in Alabama. Yeah, yeah lower in Alabama. Lower Alabama. And so that whole Florida, Georgia, Alabama area was where um, I grew up and um, and and saw my parents actively involved in ministry and we as a family were involved in ministry so that was my and then God changed your dad's trajectory by moving yeah. you all out west how'd that happen yes yeah, so very long story very shortly God called us to the Pacific Northwest um, when my dad was between churches in the south and um, God provided and he moved us out there to <laughs> I was telling my Sunday school class to a land where they don't speak the same language we do in the south <laughs> And, um, and yeah, it's English, but it's very different and a very different culture and a very different um, place to do ministry. It was actually called Pioneer Ministries. And so I grew up from the third grade on in a tiny little church that my dad was the only staff member in a tiny little town called Benjamin, Washington. Yeah, he, so doing Pioneer work, planning new churches yes. there. And uh, you go to college and you all meet, but you've Correct. shared with me before, when you got to college, your mindset was you did not go to a Christian college. No, I went to a public university. I went to Central Washington University where we both graduated from. And I had done my tenure in a pastor's home. And so I knew full well God was not calling me to marry a pastor. I married an elementary school teacher who God <laughs> called to be a pastor. All right. So... You're, you, you're getting an education degree. That's right. And y'all are dating. So mm-hmm. take us on your journey from there. So we're dating. We're in school. I'm going to be a teacher, maybe eventually administration, all of those. That was the trajectory we were on. And, and that's what we did. We got married before we graduated. We graduated, got a job teaching. Got the advice from our student teaching practitioner lead person. She said, if you don't like teaching after two years, you should just get out. Because it's not going to get any better. <laughs> so after two years, I got out. Um, it was not a great experience for us. Got out, got into the insurance business, because by then we had our oldest son. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian, our second, was soon coming soon thereafter. And so we needed to transition quickly into something where we can provide. And so went into the insurance business so for about six years. And then you get a job that causes you all to move to Nashville. Yeah, God specifically called... Um, and I, I still remember that because I'm, my degree's in fitness. And so I um, got a job at Lifeway as the health and wellness specialist for Lifeway. And um, I specifically remember God calling us to that. And so we moved from Vancouver, Washington to Nashville where I and started that career. And you get plugged into a church. And then, oh, Steve, yeah. you have an experience that starts directing you away from insurance into being pastor yeah <laughs> that was a little problematic but i went with Brenda to they used to do these things called discipleship weeks at ridgecrest and i went with her to that experience and i met the guy there who she worked with who talked about this thing called the minister of education 
And this was a guy who did Sunday school and actually got paid to work in the ministry of Sunday school. And I went, you can do what? (laughs) They don't do that out west because that's just not how church staffs are structured. So I spent some time with him to understand what that was. And I went, you mean the thing that I love to do for free, I could get paid for while I'm doing these other things to get paid so that I can do what I love to do for free. They could actually come together and that's what God did. He brought those things together. So that together. started you on your journey toward ministry, realizing right. that there, because you didn't realize all the different ways you could serve in church. I had no in idea. Ministry. So God brought clarity to that. And uh, then I know you, you go to seminary and get your education mm-hmm. and uh, served on staffs of churches in Memphis, the Nashville area, and here for the past decade plus. And uh, Brenda, everybody's dying to know since you didn't want to marry a pastor, what's it like now? Well, I wouldn't change anything, but I will ask Jesus what was the what was what was that <laughs> when I get to heaven. But I certainly wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah. So you you, you all are happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you thank them for sharing with us today? And part of what I'm wanting to illustrate is 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 just as God reached down to Amos, who already had his career path and changed his direction, called him to ministry. God can do that. That's what he did with Steve and with with Branda. But some of you who are younger, you're in college, you're in high school, uh, middle school, you kind of have a career path. Not all of you, but some of you, you think, I'm going to go and get this degree, and I'm going to work in this field. And what happens is when God reaches down and calls you, it redirects you. But it's a good thing. It's a great thing. And so understand, God calls people. In a variety of ways, uh, a variety of times, at different times in life, through different experiences. So you have Steve, two years as a teacher, five or six years in selling insurance when God redirects his life. You have Cole, I believe Cole, you said ninth grade when God started working in your life. Told you about Will, who was in fifth grade and then ran until he was already out of college. And my experience was different. I I, I grew up not going to church, saved as a teenager when I was a sophomore in high school. It's when I started going to church, was baptized. and started growing rapidly, serving in the church in every way I could. And I was thankful that I was part of a church that allowed me as a teenager to serve and didn't put us in a silo like churches so often do. We've got uh, young adults and college students serving in our media ministry this morning. I'm thankful for that. And and so I was doing all these different things and God put in, I had this, I had this passion, this desire. I wanted to preach. And I wanted to preach bad. Didn't tell anybody. And, and, and eventually, when I was a junior in high school, someone gave me the opportunity. They, they approached me and asked me to preach at a youth rally, a gathering of several churches. And after I preached that night, I knew that's what I'd spend the rest of my life doing. And here's the thing. Some people struggle with God's call. Will ran for years. My struggle was not that. My struggle was, God, is it what I want or what you want? I wanted to do it so badly because you hear all these stories. If God's calling you to do something, you hate it and you run and you fight and you run and you fight. And some do, but some of us don't. It's okay if God's calling you to do something you love doing. That's okay. Get it out of your mind that every time God's at work, it's something we don't want to do. God, don't don't put God in a box. 
and say, God, you can only do it this way. You can only call these kind of people. Don't, don't put God in a box. Just as we're individuals and unique, the way God works in our lives can be unique. And I love that about, about our Lord. As I said, it changes the direction of your life. It did the career for Amos, the career for Steve, for Branda. Sort of, Branda, you're still doing that, but in a different way now. Me, I love math. I know that makes me weird in some of your eyes, but I love math. In fact, uh, I, I competed in, in, in statewide math contests when I was in high school in Kentucky. And when I got to college, I'd take things like analytical geometry and stuff just to have fun. I love math. And my plan was I was going to, to get some degrees in accounting and finance and so on. And I, I was going to join my dad's successful mining company. And while he would run the company, I'd help him with all the financial side of things. Well, that didn't happen. And I'm glad it didn't because looking back now, I would have been bored doing that. God knew what he was doing the whole time. Listen, God always knows what he is doing. Always. But he'll redirect your life. And and you don't know what all's coming, but that's okay. I, I when, when God called me, listen, Rock Hill, South Carolina was not even a dot on the map because I didn't know this place even existed. And yet I'm going to spend the majority of my life in this city. But God knows that. You don't worry about the future. So many of us, when it comes to, what well, I want to do God's will, we want God to show us everything all the way through before we say yes or no. Listen, young people, simply surrender to Him and trust Him with the details. You don't have to know it all because He does. He's got it. Trust Him. Trust Him. He'll give you a better life than you would have had otherwise. So he changes the direction of your life and he, he gives you purpose. He gives you purpose in life. Amos, after being confronted by that priest of the false religion and said, God put me here to do this, the very next thing, hear the word of the Lord. The purp- Listen, the purpose when, when you're, in, you're in ministry is to let people know there's a God who loves them. It's to say, here's the word of the Lord. It's to help people know there's a God who's calling them and how to walk in a relationship with him so that their lives can be changed. And, and that can take a lot of different forms. Like for instance, my call was very specific. I knew I would spend my life preaching. I was called to preach. Now, I knew to do that probably meant being a pastor. But I considered being an evangelist. I considered a lot of different things. But my call was very specific. Preach, preach, preach. Other people can have what I call a, a general call. Some people very specific like mine. They know I'm, I'm, God's calling me to be a missionary. Whatever it is. But others it's more general. You, you know God's calling you. To vocational ministry, but you don't have clarity on what it is yet. That's a general call. That's okay. 
We can help you with that. That's why we're going to ask you to come to the altar later this morning and, and give us your name so that over the next several months, few years, we can walk beside you in a process to help you get clarity on what God is calling you to do. And, and what are your next steps? We want to help you with that very, very intentionally. But you have to let us know so we can walk with you on that on that journey. It's okay if you don't know the specifics. You just know, yeah, God's calling me to be a minister of some kind. To serve in vocational ministry. And there are so many people who are hurting and need the hope of the gospel. Need to know that Jesus really does love them. And you've got to always remember, that's that's what he's calling us to do. Even in those hard moments, that's what he's calling us to do. I, some, some years ago, there was a, a Methodist pastor at a church in Minnesota. He was at this same church for eight years, and it was tough. He was really discouraged. He, was in, he, he found himself in a dark place. So many problems that his mind started focusing on the negative more than the positive and he was just ready to throw in the towel and he he said that over those years his heart gradually became kind of cold iced over a little bit so his family and he went on a vacation to montana and one day he was sitting on a bench in a park reading and praying when three children and when he when he looked at them he, he realized they didn't have much walked over and they were holding bags with burritos in them sat on the ground close to his bench and the oldest was a little girl named Deanna 12 years old she was the talker of the bunch told him everything told him that that's her sister Christy she's 10 that's her brother Mikey he's 6 and as they talked to him she, she explained to this, this guy, she didn't know who he was. She didn't know he was a pastor. She explained to him that, that her dad was dead. They, they all had the same mom, but different dads. Her dad was dead. Christy's dad had abandoned the family. Mikey's dad beat him, so their mother was divorcing him. And then she said, uh, right now, mom and her fiance, Larry, you get the picture? A lot of dysfunction, right? Mom and her fiance Larry are at the casino because they need some alone time. So mom got us these burritos and told us to wait here in the park for two or three hours and she'd come back and get us. Can we sit here next to you? He said yes and then asked them if they lived in that town and Deanna the talker. <laughs> she said no, we used to live in this town but Mom lost her job and we had to move, so now we live in a tent. And I want mom to get a new job because I don't like living in a tent. And she said, hey, mister, what do you do? He said, I'm a pastor. There was silence for a moment. And Deanna said, Mr. Pastor, can you tell me something? I've heard stories about Jesus walking around healing people and loving people. Why doesn't he do that anymore? The pastor started trying to answer. Didn't do a good job. Talked above their heads. Then caught himself. As these three 
needy kids were staring at him with these big, love-hungry eyes. And tears came to the pastor's eyes. And he said, Deanna, Christy, Mikey, let me start over. Do you have any idea how much Jesus loves you right now? And as he talked to those three needy children about the love of Jesus, the coldness melted from his heart. And his call to ministry was renewed. Because ultimately, serving Jesus is not about all the stuff. about those kids it's about people who are 35 and their life is a mess it's about people like me and Steve Polk who grew up not knowing much about Jesus not around the church it's about the hope of the gospel it's about the love of Christ a love that would cause him to die on the cross so they could know him that ultimately is what it's about and whether a pastor or a church or a follower of Jesus forgets that and moves away from it and it's just about church stuff oh that's when we grow cold and start to die it's not about the religious stuff it's about the Jesus stuff hope of the world so Isaiah is in the temple and he sees the glory of God filling that building here's the angel singing holy 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 is the Lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory and as Isaiah repents of his sin in the presence of holy God He hears the voice of God. Like some of you teenagers and college students and young adults and others right now are hearing his voice. And God said, Who can I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah Lord, here am I. Send me. Teenager, how will you answer God today? College student, how will you answer God today? Young man, young woman, how will you answer God today? Fifth grader? How will you answer God today? 35-year-old career person, 45-year-old career person, how will you answer God this morning? I'm inviting you to make your way to this altar. Answer God on your knees at the altar. 
If you're called a specific, talk to him about that. If it's general, you just know he's calling you, but you don't know exactly to what. Come and talk to him about that. And then I want you to tell one of the pastors that's coming to stand here at the front right now. Because we want your name and we want to walk with you. We can help you. Let us help you. Let us walk with you. Others of you, there are burdens on your heart. You can kneel at this altar and pray for your family. Pray for decisions you're making. Pray for whatever's going on in your life. Pray for other people. There are people you know who who don't know Jesus and you want to pray for them. Come to one of these pastors and say, I want to join First Baptist Church or I need to be baptized. Come to one of these pastors and say, I've never committed my life to Jesus. I want to repent of my sin and become a follower of Jesus and be saved and forgiven today. So I want us to stand right now. Everyone standing as the team leads us in singing. Make your way to one of these pastors. Make your way to the altar. If God is calling you, you have any sense that God's calling you to ministry. Come and kneel and talk to God about it first. And then talk to either Grant or Steve about it. So we can begin helping you on your journey. Let's sing together. You come quickly right now. Just start walking. Come on.